All right. Welcome. Uh, welcome, welcome back to the Tesla Community Channel. Yeah. We're awesome. here with, um, yeah, we're, we're here for episode eight. And um, we've got a, a lovely guest with us today, Wanda Hudson. Um, we're just going to quick, briefly just introduce ourselves and kick off a, another lovely conversation for you guys um, around the whole, around Tesla and engineering, etc. Anyway, so I'm, I'm Claude Nelson. I'm a father of five here in London, UK. And um, Julian and I, we've started this, this channel a little while ago, and uh, it's early days yet. And we are sort of finding our feet around the whole thing, but we're very keen to help uh, support the conversation around Tesla and around just moving to a brighter future. So anyway, over to you, Julian. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm Julian, and uh, I've been a Tesla investor since 2017, driver Model 3. And uh, yeah, the overall idea of the mission statement um, of Tesla to accelerate the world's transition to towards sustainable energy, that's what really uh, drives me here into this conversation as well and uh, makes me want to explore all the uh, people who are also uh, interested in um, yeah, helping to further this mission and making sure the future is positive for our children, our whole civilization. And that's why we have uh, Wanda here today. So you may introduce yourself, uh, yourself now. Wanda. I'm Wanda Hudson. I'm a Tesla shareholder and I have Tesla Model Y long range. And I'm also an FSD beta, um, but I just, I'm inspired by Tesla's mission and uh, I just I want to you know promote um, I, um, and the good things about Tesla that people may miss or miss so uh, thanks for having me on your channel I appreciate that well it's lovely to have you with us Wanda so yeah so right to 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 kind of dive right into what we want to discuss uh, today. Um, we, 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 first first thing we're kind of thinking about is we want to get your opinion, Wanda, really, around things like what makes the Tesla team successful, you know, versus, say, various competitors and, and, that, and that sort. And, um, uh, you know, Potentially, especially in terms of what kind of pitfalls uh, various companies are trying to avoid, um, ramping up of production instead of presenting prototypes, um, you know, and uh, economical EV design, that kind of thing. We're very keen to just open the discussion there and to just really understand your opinion and what, what pops in your mind when you think about these things. Um, I guess we could start with the, the first thing you mentioned of um, successful. And I, I mean, I think it's it's a number of things, but, but uh, one thing obviously is, you know, Elon is a visionary leader. And, um, you know, I think it's good to strive for a clear side. You know, all of us try to do that to a certain extent. Um, but certainly, um, I got to the level that Elon has, um, he seems 
to have an incredible insight um you know what the problems are of today are and um make a plan to to um fix those problems but being a visionary leader and having like the just cause of um, sustainable engineering um i think that's compelling um mission that um that people can get and you know to want to have um clean air and renewable energy and, and the technology um and i think you know doing the electric um, that really gets a lot of people interested but his vision and made it so that um so that engineers you know something um positive for the planet i mean there's they're essentially changing the world in a positive way. They're having an impact. And I think that's a powerful thing um, to, to any engineer. And beyond that, I think, um, I think future of, of innovation. And um, that's something that happened automatically. I mean, I've, I've been in engineering for 27 years, and um, you tend to see a lot of status-based organizations system is, is focused on, you know, essentially climbing a corporate, getting, you know, the next promotion. And um, Elon is focused on, and that's where, where the reward system um, is. Is the engineers um, are expected to innovate, and it's okay if they, um, you know, they just found if they make a mistake, that that's fine. Combination of things um, is, is not the correct answer, and they quickly find and adjust and move to the next thing, and that is rewarded and unexpected. And I think that's, um, you know, is a lot different than um, at other would be. Um, so I guess this culture of innovation um, and then the way Tesla chooses to go about um, their goals and um, I mean, I think that's, that's a huge difference, a lot more, um, I guess a lot more, um, and they, they do, I noticed that Tesla, like very rapid changes, um, whether mm -hmm. it be the software, um, to the design of, you know, a component for for a car, um, so it may take other corporations a number of, you know, months to turn around in weeks. Um, yeah. So, 
and other things with um, efficiency. I mean, Elon started as a software engineer and um, software upgrade in an iterative approach where, I mean, you write the code, you get the product out there and you have a certain amount of functionality and performance. You know, you continue to improve upon that based on what you learn. He seems to use the software development approach for hardware as well. Um, mm. You know, where they they build the model and they market it, but really going back and refining and and making changes and um, for a whole year to the next model year to release um, features. It's just like Tomorrow's Model Y is going to be, it's incredible the speed that that they move at. My capability in the house is a big part of that. I mean, I've worked um, with, a, that would have a capability like, like machining um, or tooling die making. And if you have the capability in the house, you can turn it around much more rapidly than if you had to get a contract to, to um, you know, sub that out to four weeks. And, and then you get to larger corporations where, where there's a lot of, I guess, uh, bureaucracy. Mm. And, and it wants to do a very simple thing. It also drives the cost up, you know, depending on... Yeah how many pass-throughs you have, you have their profit in addition, you know, to, to the parent company. I don't know if I'm like answering your... No, that's great. Yeah, that's to, great. Um, I mean, some of the things you want to talk about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, everything you want to say about it is, is what we want to hear. Yeah. Um, Can I just, just, uh, um, expand on the point that uh, what you said, I wonder that the uh, approach is not so much uh, like you know, a, a classical uh, hardware uh, approach, but more of a software approach, but for hardware, right? We have constant and uh, a lot of iterations. I think this is so unprecedented, especially in the auto industry. As you said, there are like uh, years, it takes a year to um, you know, implement new features uh, mm. the traditional way, but uh, yeah, yeah, bureaucracy, yeah, bureaucracy, everything. Also, the the mindset of the people working there, and uh, the way uh, Tesla does it, or um, especially Elon, Elon Musk. Uh, I think he he brought this into uh, the company's culture because uh, you know before that he uh, worked um, made PayPal uh, possible, right? Uh, which is just pure software for sending money from one person to another um, without needing like a you know, kind of an actual bank, um, just you know, a digital version of that. And um, I think he uh, had this kind of epiphany that you could actually uh, do this kind of work with, with uh, hardware, but only if you uh, make the culture of the company, be aware of that. This is possible, and this is also um, 
not only um, you, you could say allowed, but it's being promoted, right? People should do this and have lots of iterations and um, come up with new ideas. But this only works um, what I got to know uh, from, um, what is his name, uh, Joe Justice. Uh, he has like deep insights into how Tesla's actually working because he worked there. Uh, and he's also um, advising companies to work in that way because he says you know, every car with each little component is like wired uh, so you can, can get back uh, data from uh, every part of the car and so you have this software inside the cars that are self-testing uh, everything when they come off the line and so they have this factory mode on and then uh, they are testing themselves and making all the legal um, requirements for testing on the car itself uh, with software, right? Because everything's wired and where everything's integrated. And then legally, in the end, there just needs to be one human being who just signs off, okay, it worked for this car, everything's fine, and then it can go to the customer. I think that's really uh, an awesome um, part of the company, which is so unusual, I think, uh, from the uh, traditional auto industry, at least from what I heard. It's so true. It's, it's so efficient. Seems to be a word that pops in my head at the minute, which is a big buzzword amongst engineers. And uh, um, kind of leading to the next point we want to we want to explore with you, Wanda, is you know, from your perspective and in your experience, how did you cultivate the courage to step forwards towards your passion? And this, in this case, being engineering, you know, the uh, as being the example. And um, what tell us what lit your fire about engineering specifically? You know, when you first explored uh, possibility of entering that field. Okay, um, I guess um, I've always enjoyed math and science from young age. Um, by eighth grade, you know, I would read ahead our science book before you know the class even got to the the next section i just i read a lot and, and i guess i did you know i just decided to go to college and, and just continue what i knew how to do and i mean i thought, thought you know going to like um to college was like to and at first i wanted to take just like all the classes all the different things but of course the goal is to get you know a marketable to degrees meaningful um so i didn't have the time to take everything but i was i just i read i guess i read the entire um university course catalog and uh, the math and science classes were the things that I was most interested in and I just um I had to pick something that was going to allow me to take the most that I could and I ended up choosing chemical engineering uh, um, allowed me I had to take physics and a lot of math and, and um engineering graphics computer and you know all the chemistry classes and so to me, that one was the, the 
and learn how to take uh, electric circuits class. So, um, so I tried that, and um, I guess um, for people to do is to, to um, just and determine um, like what your talents are you interested in you know what what makes you happy and it, it's really publicity but you hear you hear elon say the same thing that you know you have to have reason to get up in the morning something that inspires you and um for me because i liked it and this same thing you know kind of um transferred to the world but i think that um I guess, um, you know, what inspires you, what you enjoy doing, what you're good at, what you feel. And sometimes it's just a thought or a feeling or a recurrence that, um, you know, somebody might not really know what they want to do. You know, you may can feel compelled to go to a certain place. And for father had taken me to Huntsville um, when I was very young, about six years old, to the in Huntsville, and I saw the Saturn V laying on the ground from just um, years before, and, and um, I guess I, ne I never quite got over the experience, and um, that was one thing that stayed with me. Um, I interest, you know, and um, had opportunities to go into like oil refiles, making carpets and stuff like that. And um, none, none of it really inspired I, um, I decided to move to Huntsville, you know, and the uh, um, companies, I guess, represented in Huntsville at the time. Um, and I thought, surely, you know, needs my help. And uh, so I didn't have, like, jobs. But I just, um, I came up to the University of Alabama. I went to graduate school and I chose material science because it was a multi um, program. And to, to know people and to know what was being worked on in the area and eventually got a job. Um, but you just have to, you know, you have to be willing to take the risk. I've stayed in my hometown and got a, you know, a job at a local store or something. But I, you know, I was interested in something more. And I wanted to do something different. And so you really, you really have to, to, to and um, just, be true to yourself what do I enjoy and it, it it's kind of scary I mean when you look Elon um to Canada at 17 mm. and he had the vision to, to see some of the world's problems at such a young age and want to go tackle that and for me it was just um you know it was about 100 miles but um but still, I think, 
think people should and do what they feel compelled to do. And it's nice to be inspired by something like you mentioned about the Saturn V and um, how things stick with you. And um, um, I mean, I, I, I shared a personal story uh, a few episodes ago about what inspired me to kind of track more deeply into following uh, material uh, to do with Tesla, SpaceX, etc. And uh, yeah, it was also sort of satellites, just seeing a string of satellites was just a just an inspirational moment. And uh, yeah, it's, um, I, I totally, I totally appreciate how those things stick with you and, and, and light your fire in a sense, uh, towards sort of following something. And then you find out about people like Elon and you realize that actually we have the potential to, to push ourselves, to excel beyond our, what we believe to be our limitations and to enter areas, uh, that we might've thought wouldn't have been possible for us to, to get into. Um, and, uh, coming to, coming to another question actually for you, for you wonder is, is to kind of understand your opinion on how Tesla and SpaceX are kind of being recognized as the top ranking employment preferences for their, for engineering graduates on like a global, uh, scale. What, what's your opinion about how, how and why it's so popular over probably over a myriad of other options, really. So I think um, with with Tesla, the allowed to solve the problems, um, you know, allowed to make changes and and see what see the effect of of what they've done and in very short order in a matter of weeks and months. And some very, you know, it's, it's technological and it has a big impact for humanity. Um, you know, young engineers, they want to change the world. They want to have a positive impact. You know, they want clean air, they want sustainable energy. Um, I mean, sitting in a Tesla and having that, that um, organically integrated with all the software, um, you know, developed. I mean, when, if you look, look at other car companies, you see, you know, um, disparate components from different supplies suppliers and then try to, to um, join those things together uh, with a you know some software that has those components um, crosstalk or interact not it's nowhere near as elegant as Tesla's solution um, Elon even has you know his own engineers write the enterprise you know, for like time cards and drawing database and all that kind of thing. They have their own software. They don't go out and buy somebody else's and try to use it. Um, but I just think, you know, the, the um, I guess they have a just cause to work for. They have problems and 
they get to do so, so um, in, in a rapid, um, it's a lot different. Um, I mean, I can tell I've worked for, not, you can't really say they're a SpaceX competitor. You, it's like you, you can make suggestions, but implemented and, um, the problems don't get fixed. They tend to put problem, you know, band-aids are implemented. Mm. And rather than getting a clean and doing a new design or doing something that really makes sense, you just you know bolting on a new part to address some some something that occurs in the problem. Mm. Um, but, but I can... I'm sure you can too. Totally see how see how a young person would be inspired, you know, by making humans a multiplanetary species to go to Mars and build a colony and and uh, um, even with the EVs and and solar energy and everybody having a solar panel, it just makes perfect sense. Um, I just I think there's um, you know very tangible things that young people look, look and see. It's a no-brainer. They just see it and go, yeah, why weren't we doing that? You know, twenty and they don't want to go to work for a company that essentially has happened in the past. They want to do you know they they want to um, move to the future. Have new and better things. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you also want want to be challenged, right? Mm. If you go to work and it's you know, just <laughs> every day the yeah. same, and uh, also there are no incentives to apart from just you know making more money if you level up mm. in the uh, career ladder. Um, but at Tesla, I think the level of enablement is, is so incredible. Again, uh, Joe Justice talked about how on day one, you get like a smartphone uh, with different apps and you're free to actually start, you know, uh, ordering stuff. You can order equipment, <laughs> you just start working on, on anything where you think there's a pressing issue, but they're also making these groups uh, kind of, or the kind of hot topic groups where you just join another team and then you or you create a new one and then you solve a certain uh, engineering issue together with a team but you're already enabled to not go to like a your team leader and you know make a you know plea for you getting some funds for, to do it but you can just do it oh, telling right? through the bureaucratic red tape and all of that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> there you're right. just in right. and i think you find pockets of that in other companies but it's not the culture you know have it in their culture that you know if you i can imagine elon coming in and you go, oh i think we should we should do the elon you know i think his attitude is always well why, why haven't you already done it you know what was that <laughs> please like what and, was stopping um, you <laughs> all right yeah to have that resource, I mean, to, to have, yeah. you know, rapid way to order um, materials 
the project that's key <clears throat> and then that's something that a lot of corporations don't have they've kind of uh, tied their own hands with their acquisition systems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and i mean you just have to be able to to build stuff to machine mm-hmm. you know have welders or have you know and on the software and have your program i mean tesla goes goes pretty deep with designing their own chips you know if that has the three put three put or the performance that they want then they go oh well make it like twice twice that capacity and do, <laughs> do it like this and you know, they, you know they may still have somebody else make their, their chip but it's their design yeah i'm not sure that many of us out here can really actually even comprehend the idea that they're designed their own chip <laughs> that they've gone to that extent of 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 fundamentals to to completely redesign the technology from literally from the ground up it's it's astonishing just just thinking about it yeah they will go wherever the limiting factor is right they even said they will go into mine they'll go mine, they'll go mine. <laughs> because if yeah. that's the yeah, limit we will do it <laughs> yeah well, I certainly have a lot of respect for them. I can, I, I can appreciate how I like what you're saying, Wonder, that that can spark um, a lot of enthusiasm, especially in young minds that haven't been molded by company bureaucracy and policy and stuff. So they'd be thinking that would be the most sort of refreshing uh, activity to get involved in, um, especially when I'm sure many youngsters must hear from their parents, etc., how... Terrible the working world is generally, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna leave this next point to you guys because I don't have a Tesla yet, just yet. Um You but, mean with uh, the you know, uh the gigacasting? The well uh, asking this uh, the, I mean uh, uh, talking to Wonder about her experience with FSD beta. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, we, we can. Um, do it. Yeah, sure, we can talk about that. Um, so, I actually, when I got my Model Y, but um, you know, I was listening to, and, and you know, I, I could never tell if the whole climate change thing, um, because it was so politicized here in the United States, and. Um, but as soon as I started listening to Elon and he's like, like, well, uh, you know, the science is overwhelming. Then, um, then I knew I had, we had to, we had two gas, gasoline cars and a, and a pickup truck and we sold off. They have two model Y long ranges now. Um, but I, one for climate change, but also because Elon saying he was going to release to um to more than just the original you know beta tester like originally what, what 100 people and um and they opened that and so i got my model y in march of 2021 um need a new car at that point um and i thought i'm gonna Elon, I'm gonna get on Twitter every day and 
and uh, tag him until he gives me. Um, but it there was a little bit of delay. I thought it was going to come out in March or April. It, it ended up being November when they went wide. I think it was 10.3.1. And we're really fortunate to have gotten it. And, and um, it hasn't um since just a year ago. I got it. I think first week of November 20. And I mean, I was impressed, you know, initially when I let, um, I could go a really long ways without having to, to intervene. You'll hear a lot of people say that you feel less tired um, on trips, FSD beta or, or autopilot. And it's really true. I think we don't realize like that our, you know, all the input our brain is taking and the micro adjustments we're making um, that, that autopilot and FSD take, take care of. Um, it is definitely true that, um, that that you feel more well rested when, when you're, if you use it versus not. Um, I guess my, you know, it um, autopilot works extremely well. No problems with it at all, like on interstates um, and state and U.S. highway. Um, the, the city streets part, um, it works most of the time. I mean, of course, there's still some stuff that has to be worked out. And the lines where you have all these little, little edge cases that, you know, they have, have to catch up to. And I'm not an expert, you know, in all the um the AI part of it. Um that part kinda kinda blows me away. Um I understand I understand, you know, the labeling and the vector space part, but then like the part of the um vision with AI um I don't I don't really know um but you know I believe what Elon says that it's gonna continue to get <clears throat> And it, it's gonna, it's gonna accelerate. Um, I guess the improvements are gonna accelerate. But I don't, I don't know if you have specific questions about FSD beta. Oh, I suppose at this point, just keen to understand how your experience with FSD beta has been going. Uh, I mean, we, 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 we can now cover we can now see a lot of material out there about uh, many i mean such a whopping great growing number of fsd beta testers putting great videos out there and everything and it's it's amazing to watch i mean i just saw that uh um on on, on one of one of zach and jesse's now you know tesla time news videos uh, um earlier they they showed a skit that somebody sent in that basically showed how their um, FSD beta car uh, pulled over to the side of the road to let another oncoming vehicle go past them because there wasn't enough space for two vehicles to pass each other. So it had seemed to have be already be smart enough to make that decision uh, to just sort of pull over to the side and wait for the oncoming car to come through and then carry on its on on its way and. You could hear in the voice of the person who made the video, they were just so delightfully surprised to see that it was actually 
because they they were probably thinking they would have to intervene and take over and pull over the car over themselves. And that was just um, one of those must be thousands of examples now popping all over the place about how incredibly fast the the whole FSD suite is improving. Um, I think I, I personally also feel like it makes a lot of sense. There's just if you I mean, you just you can just see the trend line of improvement, and it does feel like the the vehicles are going to be better than the average human driver uh, pretty shortly. And it's um yeah it's a uh, um every chance we get to speak to someone who's an FSD beta tester is is awesome you know because every, everyone's having experiences so i mean have, have you got any highlights in your own experience so far like a, a particular incidents or, or or situations that you found um where, where you, you you know that, that you want to talk about <clears throat> i just kind of um i mean it definitely does move over like the side of the road and things like that and for pedestrians animals or in the road it definitely slows and i guess my experience with fsd beta um it was rather abrupt in the change when it a car was was pulling out in front or crossing the road in front of me and um and then over time, as the operations uh, have gotten better, it's much more smoother and more human-like um, in, in pretty much all the, all the different operations it does. Um, it initially, when I first got it, it about that great. And now, now it's just, it's fluid. It's just, I don't know. It's amazing. It's amazing that that all and for it to continue to get better. That's um, incredible. It's an incredible experience. Awesome. Yeah. Also watching uh, videos uh, on YouTube. It's funny because they get more and more boring, right? <laughs> it's just watching it's like, a perfect drive. <laughs> it's like watching rocket landings. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can see people are just speeding up more and more parts of the videos <laughs> because nothing really happens that is so interesting yeah. there, right? It's, it's, um, just, it's becoming so like, yeah, I know those cars drive by themselves. Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I, yeah, I started you what? I see you. Sorry, you I'm were sorry. saying, Wanda. Um, when I first got the software, she thought she told me I was crazy that no car was ever going to. And I was like, well, it actually already does, you know, um, partially. But I mean, she, I guess it is. It is part of the population that maybe are not very technical technical or uh, you know into technology um to it being able to do it and it makes one little tiny mistake and you're like why did that happen you know it is it is beta <laughs> after all it's not perfect yet 
it's it's getting really capable Mm. and the aspect of it and you know how many lives we can save you know it's like that um you know we almost have a moral imperative to go ahead and release and not be perfect and you may have some corner incidents where people still get get if overall the number of people that get injured or killed you know as a then it makes sense to go ahead and and do a wide release of fsd yeah yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense and i mean we we there were various discussions kind of going ongoing about this now about how we won't necessarily recognize all the good that is already happening as a result of just autopilot or just the just the, that part of the software that 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 alerts the driver to a situation um, before it becomes a a, a, a collision and that kind of thing. So yeah, you know, um, that's very interesting. Yeah, something interesting for me. Uh, as a German, you know, in Germany we don't have FSD beta beta yet, but um, I can already see you know, after owning the car for two years, uh, and I have FSD, but you know, it's very limited. Um, especially on uh, on the autobahn, uh, it, it just works with autopilot. It's like a usual way. It gets crippled over and over again by regulation, uh, but. Um, it works really well, um, but uh, for city street driving, you can already see um, that there are also improvements in the uh, FSD um, software part. Because um, when I got my Tesla with FSD, um, I could barely activate it inside closed streets, or you know, not closely closed uh, streets, but more you know, city streets uh, where it's quite narrow. Where there's a, you're just in in a, in a city driving around, but um, over the last two years, uh, it's become more and more possible to just activate it, um, like in more and more places, and it works really mm-hmm. uh, well right now. And just with the newest release right now, uh, it it can detect so much more. It shows me more visuals uh, of the traffic lights and all the cars going around it, it's it doesn't look like fsd beta but it's so much more capable and i am actually really impressed already now with this limited <laughs> fsd that uh, you can drive into uh, curbs and have like a um interesting intersections where there are lots of lines on the ground but it can al- already manage it for most of the parts and this really gives me lots of uh, confidence that um, it will be amazing already once it gets uh, official in Germany as well. So it's uh, really interesting <laughs> to see. Awesome! I, I'm 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 super keen to see a that kind of thing roll out uh, <laughs> in the UK as well at some point. Um, um like uh, I'm I'm keen to try and get my hands on a vehicle next year. Uh, I don't anticipate that. Um, regular, regular, regulation, regulatory hurdles will be crossed <laughs> by then. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super keen to join the join the whole 
FSD world. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really a ride. <laughs> yeah. Really. I, hey, I'm just watching. Well, I'm just watching Omar's um, videos that he keeps making about all of his drives he's doing, and it's just <laughs> like, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's like second nature now. But and yet, I, 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 I can't stop watching them. You know what I mean? It's. <laughs> Yeah, he also so, has this little experiment uh, a few, few days ago where he, he was an Uber driver and he, he let people come into his car and then he activated FSD beta to take them to another place in San Francisco. Right. And in the end, he asked them whether they know uh, that there was an autopilot driving. He wasn't driving and they're like, what? <laughs> really? That's brilliant. That's brilliant. They didn't even notice. That's it's awesome. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's just... Yeah, nice at, one. At, at least one of them. Hey. Okay. Uh, one to back to you. So you got a background in materials engineering as well, right? Yes. So um, what is your opinion on or what has happened to uh, produce the materials for the giga castings? Because mm. this is like the next level engineering where you don't have many parts, like 173 or whatever it was. Uh, combined to one big casting that you have in the back, uh, also in the front of the car, and uh, how? You know, what are your insights into that, especially with your background? So, I mean, I don't, I don't know as to what alloys, you know, um, Tesla is using or anything, but in terms and not having to have a lot of different parts, yeah. Um, obviously, it meets requirements, or they wouldn't be doing it. Um, it's a simpler design, fewer parts. Um, I would think it would speed me. Um, so, I mean, did you say they're having difficulty? like getting like some of the parts for, for gigacast or no i it it sounds like well it, it it sounds like it's um it sounds like it's quite a it's, it's been quite a difficult challenge uh, in general to it sounds like the creating a casting of that nature uh, as quickly as they do uh, there seem to be a number of risks involved. You're using the wrong materials, or, or, the, or the timing is out, or the temperature is out, or something. There's a sort of a warping factor uh, post uh, casting, and it sounds like they've had to get over a few of those hurdles and maybe even um, adjust the alloy and mm -hmm. and and, uh, and the whole process to to make sure that when the casting is complete, that it's the right dimensions, that it doesn't warp or uh, or, or lose strength, etc. And uh, yeah, um, on a yeah, from a materials engineering perspective, um, yeah, we're just keen to understand um, everyone who's in the field. You know, everyone, uh, everyone's opinion who's in the field. Um, and um, well, if you had to hazard a guess, I mean, would you say that looking at the chemistry and the the the, the of of the of the alloy, etc. What what pops in your mind about wow is that is that like something that that can be done in in your opinion if you even if it hadn't been done before you know what I mean? Um. So so typically for 
forged. Um, you know, parts have have, have better parts, but um, depending on you know what the the loads are for the part and how it's going to be used, what the cycle uh, you know cycle fatigue looks like. I mean, I I, I think Kath, I can, um, but, but it's that most companies would never attempt because the parts are so large. I mean, they're doing like front and rear castings um, and I think it becomes getting um, if you're using an alloy version of the, um, the alloying component, you know, throughout the entire show that you have um, you know, you don't have areas that, um, so, I mean, I, I can see how it would be really challenging large castings and have the, the, the material be, um, you know, kind of, and I'm not sure how Tesla um, do that in, in terms of getting even heat and um, their out constituent um yeah I don't, i'm not doing that well it seems like it seems like a real uh feat i mean i i would imagine i would imagine the average person is probably if they had to think about it might start to wonder why do you need a 60 ton or an 80 ton machine you know and it would have to would have no choice but to kind of delve into a little bit of the science to start appreciating the scale of the challenge. And like you say, it's, it's actually a significantly large uh, structure that is being um, produced from a liquid to a solid in a very, very short space of time. And um, that they, uh, that Tesla have such a high regard for safety, they can't be compromising on their safety standards for the sake of making the casting quicker it has to still have the same uh strength that that uh, that their safety standards require and uh, meeting all of the the subtle well seemingly subtle requirements to produce that casting just it seems mm -hmm. well i think probably to the average mind it probably seems pretty overwhelming you know to even mm -hmm. like where do you begin to even think about that um and that's incidentally, I wonder if that's kind of one of the things that kind of it goes over the head of people, you know, uh, like we get to we get to big days and big presentations and yeah, if, um, um, recruitment runs essentially, you know, like AI day, etc. And a lot of information is shared that tends to kind of go over everybody's heads and uh, you know all over a lot of people's heads over the the average you know over the, the average public's uh, uh, doesn't kind of grasp the the significance of of, of what they're saying and i suppose it's, it's to be expected um but um um having the chance to dive into that world a little bit more and just dig around for videos where every where anyone and everyone is talking about it and to just start gaining a picture about it um, seems pretty um, invigorating in a way, you know, to kind of want to understand it. Like, why is it so strange? 
you know, and there must be a must be a logical explanation. So diving into it, maybe even <laughs> going and getting a, a material sciences degree or something, you know, just to just to try and <laughs> comprehend it must must be like, you know, this is a great catalyst, you know, for producing the engineers of tomorrow in a way, and um, it, it it kind of cottons onto under uh, uh, onto the conversation could turn also towards um um similarly you know, I'm keen to understand your opinion on on when when Elon talks about they're making new alloys for for starship uh, and they keep bursting these tanks you know that they fill with uh, liquid nitrogen um and mm-hmm. it's it's it seems obvious that we're talking about strength of materials well at least seems obvious to my mind we'd be talking about strength of materials but what's what's your opinion there on the, on the sort of the whole Starship uh, challenge as well, and the and the way they're kind of trying to manipulate steel uh, steel alloys? Mm-hmm. So so I found it interesting the steel for their skin to begin with. Um, that would you know use aluminum, or they would go with a um, like a composite if they wanted to try to save weight. But that gets to be really expensive. Um, um, so it it was an eye opener to me that decided to to do stainless steel to begin with, and uh, there are certain properties they're looking for that that you know weren't in before. Um, there there has to be you know. There has to be some, it's either strength or, you know, cycle fatigue or duct, some requirement that they're having to meet that um, the chair um, didn't, you know, optimize for their application. Uh, and so they chose to go and... Uh, and either change alloying elements or to get the properties that they were seeking. Uh, but it's it's pretty impressive, even from um, a fuel perspective. A lot of liquid engine companies would use liquid hydrogen of locks and liquid hydrogen, and SpaceX has chosen name. Um, which I I would think that would be easier to molecule. Um, liquid hydrogen is, is um difficult to contain. But hydrogen, the hydrogen atom is so small. The hydrogen molecule is just two hydrogen atoms. There, there's very few um materials that. Um, it can't just so makes sense. Yeah, we're right. nearly one, one hour in. Maybe we can come to a question. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I think there's cell phone in the background. Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. It's fine. It adds. It adds to the. We can dance. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I just I had tuned it. 
Yes. So uh, last question. So uh, we got to know each other on Twitter and you're obviously one of the uh, persons who are tweeting the most <laughs> on the Twitterverse. <laughs> As he, as he just tweeted yesterday, right? There was this news about uh, there are many people, who, or there, there are some activity from heavy tweeters that are being uh, reduced in the numbers of interactions, but it's probably because of the, there are some uh, spam bots or something that are being removed by the current uh, board. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what we experience heavily, especially in the Tesla bubble, is again the uh, amount of thought that is going on, right? Fear, uh, uncertainty, and doubt, mm. uh, where uh, yeah, people are creating a narrative around EVs or Tesla in general, uh, making you question everything, and especially to people who are not involved as much as we are into the whole uh, company, they get scared away quite easily. So uh, what is your experience uh, on Twitter with that uh, kind of hateful, sometimes hateful tweets? Um, so, so obviously, but, um, and, you know, depending on how much time I have, you know, the truth is best, best I understand it, or at least if I saw it's just blatantly false, um, I'll respond and say it's not true, you know, at least just because somebody who doesn't know, you know, if they see that and only that, you know, a different opinion opinion or somebody saying at least that's not true you know they may, may may believe it so i feel a certain amount of responsibility um you know to respond and to try to set the record straight um you know mute and block are my friends if I, I don't mind you know somebody having a different but if they're just obviously you know spreading something that's false then Mm. Then I, and then if they want to get ugly about it, you know, I don't mind muting or blocking it. I don't know. I, I hate to block people because they don't have free exchange of ideas. We can't see what the other person is saying mm -hmm. or, you know, long enough. I need to um, see that other perspective, you know, so I can learn and grow. Um, so it's Really, it's really a balancing act, I guess, with, mm -hmm. with um, you know, having free speech and free exchange of mm. ideas. I think people could do it in a respectful manner, though, and and sometimes that's not the case. And and, mm. and then there's people who obviously have um, they have agendas for why they say what they do. <laughs> Um, months and competing technologies or whatever. Yeah. And so there's, um, but I just try to say, you know, say what I know and what I believe to be, uh, do the best I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to do the best we can. Yeah. Well, it's certainly, but especially at this, yeah. I was, you guys seem to do, do a very good job of staying out of the frame. You don't have as much time and don't tweet as often. Um, we, we, 
And I think Thomas Van out of the fray too. He has to, you know, and, and kind of redirect people that may be negative rather than engaging, you yeah. know, in any kind of argument, which, which I think that's probably the better way to handle it. Is that's yeah. kind of the way you would do with, with children, you know, if they're doing something you don't, don't want to distract them and redirect. <laughs> Well, speaking of children, I think. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of children, I think that's probably where we we have a a blessing in disguise of not really having massive amounts of time, you know, to, to get onto Twitter and can only kind of jump on uh, when we have an opportunity to to try and just join this conversation or that conversation. Uh, I, I really like um, what Elon was saying about how you sort of. Um, every time he takes a loo break, that's his Twitter time. <laughs> you know, I know. Um, I think it's uh, that must be the case for for you know for a lot of a lot of people out there. Um, but uh, now, as as we as we see this potential change now on on the on the uh, on the on the horizon for for Twitter to be powerful to be taken over and to be transformed into something that promotes free speech and uh like um i'm really looking forward to the idea like what what elon was saying about making it more fun as well um i'm certainly looking forward to it being an altogether better platform um and more effective and maybe even the beginnings of something that that can become something can be taken a bit more seriously you know for from a getting um everybody's vote on various issues um, or at least everybody's uh, say on various matters um, seems a hell of a lot healthier than all of the weird algorithms and things that we are all trying to dance around <laughs> these days, you know, hopefully trying not to offend anyone or, you know, or, or, or trying not to, to say things that even, even things that aren't offensive, uh, but 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 getting blocked for them anyway, you know, trying to kind of um, come away from all of that. Um, well, it's kind of another kind of bureaucracy in a way, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. But certainly, certainly appreciate how uh, bold people have to be to kind of stand up to fud and um, rude uh, behavior and things on Twitter and in real life, for that matter. And um, I, I, I've, I've certainly, we certainly have a lot of respect for, uh, for the for the way you handle yourself, Wanda, in Twitter in Twitter land. Well, yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no, it's a thank you. It's a, <laughs> it's just a yeah. pleasure to have met you on Twitter and to to interact whenever we can. And uh, um, and it's been absolutely fabulous to have a chance to talk to you, face to face. Um. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank. Thank you. It's it's been a pleasure to talk. Um, yeah, and I enjoy I enjoy interacting on um, on Twitter. You know, I have a lot of respect for Elon and what he's trying to do, and and yeah. for the whole teams. <laughs> and I think it's important. And you know, I applaud what, what you're doing with your channel. Um, to try to, you know, to get get the truth out there and to get opinions and to give different 
different people a chance to come to it. So, so thank you. It's only a pleasure. It's only a pleasure to try and help in any way we can. Uh, it's just a, it's an exciting future ahead of us. And uh, I'm, I'm much happier to help usher that in for our children and, for, you know, for the generations to come. And having an opportunity to speak to lovely people like yourself is just uh, makes it all the more, you know, of a, just a stunning experience. So great guys. Um, yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's us for, for, for this round. Um, we will, we'll, 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 we'll see you when we see you on the next, you know, uh, um, uh, as we expand on other topics, you know, at the other end of the Yeah. So thank you very much. And I'll end the stream now and have a good time. <laughs> okay.